you know what I love about this sound is actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. Hello everyone, welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. I'm Kev, host as always, and alongside me I've got the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe and town fan Dan Barrett-Davis. We're still waiting for Tony to uh, get back with us, um, but we're hoping to have him on soon. Hopefully, uh, beyond the Everton game, we'll get Tony... um, Tony back. Before we get stuck into this, the Everton preview podcast, if you do pick up some background noise, it is because we are at the Hightown Club as always and there is entertainment on downstairs. We've done everything we can to minimise any background noise. You might just pick up the odd bit or two and if you do, we do apologise for that and we hope it doesn't distract from your enjoyment of the podcast. They've got Fleetwood Mac down there. They do. (laughs) It's not Fleetwood Mac and it's very much not a good version of it either, but uh, they do have that. You're absolutely right. You get what you pay for. Indeed. Indeed you do. Um, Everton then, gents. Uh, Dan, I'll start with you, actually. Okay. Um, there's going to be a lot of must-win talk ahead of this game. Is it must-win for Luton? Yeah. That's simple enough. <laughs> yeah. If, um... I think every game is, isn't it? Man City, must-win. United, must-win. Liverpool, must-win. Well, the way United are playing, I you know, yeah, I United agree. are becoming a, a very beatable side. Um, Only five points behind them. Yeah, soon be two. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I, th- I think it's more of a must-win for them. Really, I, th- I think they, their fans must be at their end of the tether with everything that's going on. I mean, we saw little bits in the media last year what was going on with them. Um, with us, yeah. After, after after we were talking in the Wolves podcast about uh, pre uh, review podcast um, about getting momentum, and we need to carry that into into this one and look to go one better. I, th- I think you, that old saying, "You're as good as your last game," and we we were very good against Wolves. We've got to take that into Everton. They unfortunately for us, they beat Brentford last week on their own turf, which isn't really good for us going into playing them but at the same time I don't think they've won at home in forever so I think we've got every chance of getting a result definitely uh, yeah James on September the 30th can it be a relegation six pointer is it must win not at this stage of the season no um, it's a must like Dan said it's a must win for every other team that plays Luton I was listening to the mm. a Fulham podcast after the game and that against was fun. Fulham, and uh, <laughs> well, apart from them being, uh, you know, I hope it was more fun than watching their football team pass <laughs> it around the back. And apart from them being sort of um, very dismissive of uh, Luton, and just that they, that's the Luton that outplayed them, and yeah, they were yeah. just parking the bus apparently. Oh, um, but they were saying it was it's almost lose lose because if they lose against Luton, they lose, and if they don't batter Luton, they lose. So. I guess uh, Fulham lost that game. Can we have the? Can we have the? Can points? we have the three points if you don't want them, please? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's Everton are a big club in this division. I mean, they've spent the most amount of years in the top flight. They can legitimately say they're 
a big club in this country in this not country. necessarily in this division the way it's currently situated yeah but this is why they the fact that they were they got so close to relegation last season why there's such disaffection i would imagine because they were riding high in the 80s last time Luton were playing them in the league they were one of the best sides in the country i mean a lot's happened since then obviously but um they will expect to beat Luton as every other team in this division expects to be. So they've got a, they've got to play the game, but also avoid a banana skin. And that's something that Luton can try and play on, especially at home. As Luton showed in against Wolves at the Kenny, it's up to the home side really to show the impetus and stuff. They've got to try and do that. Um, whether they can or not, um, I don't know. They've got their tails up because of that victory and really come on Brentford you could have done us a favour <laughs> what's that about um, but you know Luton are going to be in, in good nick as well after that performance the result didn't go their way but everything has been incrementally better for each game um, yeah it's an, it's an away test obviously so we've got to see how they're going to set up for that. But if you play it anywhere near like they did against Wolves, it's going to be a good game. Well, it's going to be a tough game for them. You're absolutely right with what you say with regards to the fact that any points that teams slip up against us with, they'll feel they're losing ground to the field. And you're right, we've got to play on that. And Everton is certainly, you know, I mean... A lot of football fans are historically sort of in the past, aren't they? You only have to look at last season at Southampton. I mean, you know, even on the day they got relegated, they were all still expect, still thinking that they were in the top ten. And yeah, but Everton used to win trophies. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Tight, league that, titles as yeah. well, but that yeah. probably only heightens it, doesn't it? And obviously, they've got a new ground on the horizon if they can ever pay enough to fill it uh, to finish it. And if and they're on about being in their next season, if they get relegated and they're only filling that to a quarter of the level that it could be filled out. It's, it's got disaster written all over, isn't it? They're in the middle of a messy takeover. They're not a particularly good side, and I don't mean that uh, derogatory. It's it's a fact. They've been fighting relegation for two, three, four years. They're going, they've gone through two, three, four managers in that time. None of them have really improved them, so it's not the manager that's the problem. It's, it's obviously something else, and, I, and I'm not close enough to Everton to know what it is, but I think Frank Lampard is a problem. <laughs> Possibly, but they've, but they've not improved since. Have no, they? They I mean, no. no so he has proved he is a problem. It's, it's, it's probably a lot of off off field stuff. It very often is who's running the club from up above. I mean, I mean even you like, can use Frank Lampard as a scapegoat, but even supposed top draw managers like Carlo Ancelotti, mm. Ronald Koeman couldn't really get a tune out of this club, <laughs> you know. So it's like. There's something there and we, we've got to play on it. And I, I say what I said ahead of the Wolves pre, uh, Wolves game in the Wolves preview. If we can get a lead in a game of football, crikey, it's going to get interesting because if you think they're under pressure at the start of a game, Luton take the lead, all of a sudden that's going to turn, or has the potential to turn very toxic and happy days is what we've got. To, that's what we've got to do. I mean, Dan, we always speak when we do sort of review podcasts that, mm. Teams always come to Kenworth Road to quiet in the crowd for 20 minutes. Well, mm. if we get an early goal, 
hello, that crowd yeah. ain't going to be quiet and it ain't going to be nice either, I don't think. No, it would be nice to go to an away game and sort of be that team that's come to Kenilworth Road for years on end and stick everyone behind the ball and then nick a win. Because uh, we don't we don't very often see a Luton being able to do that because teams are always doing it to us. But you're right, if we can, if we can go in there and just ruffle a few feathers, which I think we intend to do, um, we'll, we'll cause them problems. We can cause them problems. Um, you know, they, it's it's funny. I, I said off off air. You know, we they've got good and average players in their squad, but collectively it's shite. And we need to be able to exploit that. And like like you just said, you know, the, there's everything going on with the new stadium off the field. There's problems with the takeover, uh, and it and it does translate from the supporters in the stands to the players on the pitch and we have to play on that we yeah. have to play on that and we know full well what that's like because we've had years of it ourselves I mean this ultimately James this is a team who in the last two three seasons have not been winning football matches now okay they've been operating at a higher level than what Luton are or have been sorry but we are used to winning football matches there's only five in this season prior to that we've been winning football matches regularly you can't say that about Everton and you mentioned that Everton's win over Brentford on Saturday, but they got an early goal. They did exactly what I'm saying, can we do to them? I've noticed, the one thing I've noticed in this league, along with all the other stuff that we've picked up in the other podcasts, there ain't many comebacks in this league. Not 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 in terms of you go behind, you win the game. Yeah, sometimes you get back and draw it. But there aren't many teams who concede early and turn it around and win. Okay, Brighton did against Bournemouth on Sunday. But... It's very, very rare that you see it. That you see it. The first goal in this league seems to be more important than in any other league whatsoever. And you just got the feeling in this match in particular, it's massive. I think so because they're not two teams are not used to scoring. I mean, Everton scored three goals and got you know, scored more goals and got more points in that one game against Brentford than they did in the previous ones before that. So that says everything about them. I mean, the one thing is that. You know, wins breed confidence, doesn't it? So that's why yeah. we would have hoped that Brentford had done a better job there. But um, you know, it's it's different at home. They are struggling. They haven't they haven't got a result there or a win for such a long time. Um, and I hadn't really factored into the the, the stuff off the pitch, but it, it probably does make a thing because everything's quite harmonious with Luton, and so. Whatever happens on the pitch, as long as there's effort and stuff, then that's that's it goes well, it bodes well, and everybody's happy, relatively happy. Um, but Evan don't want to be where they want to be, where they are at all. Um, and if that stuff off the pitch is creating uncertainty on it, I know they probably don't like Sean Dyche, who does. <laughs> um, I quite like him. <laughs> Excellent plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, we saved him his career. He's made that clear. You know, yeah, it's, it's probably not the football they want to be playing, but it's a style of football that Luton will relish. Yeah, it is. And mm. let's come on to the game then, Dan, because mm. um, how do you see this one going from a Luton point of view in terms of we've we've played two completely opposite styles in the last two weeks. Obviously, yeah. one was away from home, one was at home. At Fulham, it was very much defend deep, contain, don't concede. If we grab something on the break, happy days. Obviously, against Wolves at home, it was very much get on the front foot, go after them and see what you can get. Which sort of style do you see us adopting at Everton? It's hard to say, really. Um, it'll be either one of those, I should imagine, because 
I think if if you're Everton, you've got to go at it. Like we've said earlier, like anybody that plays Luton, it's a must win for them. So if if that's how you're going to play it, you've got to go out as the home team. You've got to go out and attack from the off. That's how I think. And if 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 you're playing at home and not attacking, there's something seriously wrong with you. Um, especially if you're playing. I mean. From an Everton perspective, playing the team that's just come up from the Championship, should I say, rather than Luton, as a, you know, um, that's how you should be approaching it. Uh, so I would, I would expect us to probably have to sit for the first ten, fifteen, maybe. But if we get a foothold on it early doors and catch an early, early break, you know, we've seen it a few times before. You know, if we can catch an early break, get an early goal, it, like I said previously earlier on, um, we can ruffle feathers. There, but I, I, I'd expect us to be sitting to start with. How would you like to see Luton approach this game, James? Well, I, I mean, I think what Luton did against Wolves is what Luton want to, Luton fans want to see. Mm. But I think there's probably two ways of skinning this cat. Um, you could do what West Ham did to Luton at the Kenny, mm. which was bore the pants off them and quieten the crowd. And where that might be better, more advantageous at Goodison Park is that it could really frustrate the home crowd rather than, you know, Luton were dampened the noise and stuff, but it wasn't, there was no toxicity or or any ill feeling or anything, but that could happen. So there's that, or you do what Luton did against Wolves and absolutely blitzkrieg them for 15, 20 minutes and try and get a goal. Because if you do get that one goal, you know, they, they might think that they've scored three goals. We have to put that in context. They've scored three goals against Brentford. Previously, they haven't scored many goals. Maybe they will struggle. And so maybe that makes it nervous. Also, everybody knows that you score the goal, the other team's got to come out. They've got to have the impetus anyway because they're the home team. They've got to come out and try and be a bit more adventurous. Luton have now got weapons that can get in behind um, and press them or go long if they need to. Um, and that could work as well. So there's there's lots to look forward to in it. Personally, I'd just love them to just go hell for leather at them. Fair enough. Um, yeah, it will be interesting. And like you say, both styles could quite easily work. You kind of think Fulham have got more threats than Everton have in open play, which would make me wonder if we would be as... Uh, we said after the Fulham game, we didn't like to use the word negative. So defensive... We use that word. It would surprise me if we're quite like that. I actually think we've got the personnel to impose ourselves on the game. Um, the the, the Fulham one, though, probably partly what happened at Chelsea and Brighton, wasn't it? It's a sort of unease about how you can get punished. But after the way they played at Fulham and then the way they played at home against Wolves, then maybe that breeds more confidence that you can play more and impose yourself a bit more yeah yeah for sure um rob spoke about horses and courses and everything else and we've um, in the wolves preview we were very much chio for mads is that the other way around now not necessarily chio for uh, mads for chio but is it bring mads in for this one because you look at the goals on um saturday decore scored from a set piece tarkovsky scored from a set piece They've got an awful lot of tall players. It's Sean Dyche. They're going to put plenty of balls in your box. We like Amari Bell, but 
up against Giants probably isn't really his scene as a centre-back. Is it time to go? Do we go back to that back three that we had at Fulham? Mads, Locks, Burke, and kind of fight height with height? Well, I think you have to match them up for, for starters. They're mm. going to—they're a massive side. Big. They are big, physical. We know what Sean Dyche teams are like, so mm. you have to do that for starters. But I don't fear for Luton in that in any respect because that they can do. But I do think Mads would be a good addition height-wise because um, Decore is massive and so is Beto. That would be a decent shout for me to get. Uh, Mads back in and we spoke about this as well I probably thought he'd come out for the Wolves game I think he's he's a good player to have to, to throw in at Goodison Park because it could it could end up this game be just a battle of who, who crosses the best because it could be just two teams absolutely throwing it into each other's boxes which I'm not going to be averse to that's an exciting game of football there's it's far too much tippy-tappy for me around in Premier League, if if that's going to be it, just let the best team win. Who can who can do that? You know who knows at the moment because twenty chances created against Wolves, only one goal to show for it. But equally, they've they've not scored that many this season as well. So it very much could be that you've you have to match them up absolutely. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if Anderson uh, isn't involved from the start here, but. Um, mm. You know, there are there are other ways of doing it. I think the one thing we have to do, Dan, is make sure we don't concede set pieces that we don't need to concede because the, the ball's just going to come lumping in our box. And yeah, they might not have a James Ward-Prowse, or, but McNeil's not the worst deliverer of a ball. You know, it's, no. don't don't put, don't invite pressure on that we don't need to invite. Exactly, and I think we've said that a number of times already this season alone. Um, you know, the, the, there's been a few unforced errors that we've made and like you say, you, you don't want to be doing that. But I think as the season's progressed, I mean, this will be match day six, they're becoming few and far between. I mean, all right, we got punished against Wolves. The one goal they got, you know, it was because, you know, Lux hadn't quite, didn't put the challenge in when he should have. Um, it wasn't closed down properly, it wasn't put out, etc. Um not going to hold it against Locks. He's been brilliant for us, and I, I think he'll, he'll still continue to be key part of the squad. But you know, we, we just have to be more and more focused each game. Like you said about Edward saying about horses for courses, you've got to pick the right players for the right games. And if it means dropping one or two out for another couple of two, it's the way to do it. And that you have to you have to try and get a result and do what you can. And that's why we've got the squad we've got because there's going to be different opponents with different strengths and weaknesses. And we have to look to match up to their strengths and try and exploit the weaknesses, but just keep your heads together and try and try and not make stupid mistakes because they will punish you in this league, and we know that. So we, I think we kind of consensus that we're bringing Mads in, mm. but unfortunately they're not going to let us play twelve in this league. As, no. as nice <laughs> as it would be to play twelve, he's got to come in for someone. Are we looking at Alfie Doughty to go and then Bell to go left wing back? Is that how we're going to get Mads in the side? Mm. Not, not no. if if not if there's going to be a, a crossing war as I just alluded to. I just predicted it. He so was, is he coming in for Bell? Mm. But Bell's never present, isn't it? This, this, this is a tricky one. This is the trickiest this is, formation. This is why I'm lineup. glad I'm not Rob Edwards. Yeah, this is the tricky one because it definitely shouldn't be a Chio. 
He should be in there all day long. I, we'll talk I, about Chio's matchup in a minute okay, for yeah, why okay. we're going to have Chio in the yeah, side. He's got, right. to, he's got to be in there. But Doughty and him on that side work so bloody well against Wolves. I think it's almost an undroppable situation. So you but want to play it, 12? But is it? Is it? Because it's, it's this, it's this um, situation where you've got to match up or tackle whatever I'm going to bring. Um. Or do you go four at the back, stick Burke at right back, bring Locks in with Anderson, Bell at left back? Yeah. I mean, well, I think the one thing we've got to say is whatever the decision is made here, whoever drops out isn't dropping out because they play badly against Wolves. It's just not the case. No. In exactly the same way that Mads wasn't dropped for Wolves because he played badly against Fulham, that wasn't the case. But ultimately, we've got a completely different test in front of us uh, with Everton than what we had with Wolves. And Mads Anderson and his height is going to be massively important. So if it is Alfie who drops out, or if it is Kabore who drops out and Alfie goes on that side, or if it is Bell who drops out, that's no one here, or or indeed Rob, saying you've been dropped because you're not playing good enough. But ultimately, I have to get Mads in this game because they've got six, seven, eight giants, and we need ours in there. And one of you three, you're not giants. And... You know, players themselves are just going to have to appreciate that they might play well one week, but the test of the following week is completely different and you've got to wait until your test comes around again before you're in again. Well, this promises to be the most direct test Luton yeah. have faced definitely so far and maybe potentially most of the season. I mean, you're only looking at Sheffield United who also play a real direct style, aren't you? Maybe Crystal Palace, but they're a little bit more through the thirds these days. Yeah, yeah, I'd go with that. While you were talking there, I'm thinking for that reason, and it's a tricky one because no one's disgraced themselves. I'd I'd rest Bell because he's been a bit sus under a high ball or a long ball so far this season. The only reason, um, you know, there, there was one in the Brighton game, wasn't there, which he, he didn't get to. But then in the Wolves one, seeing it live, he didn't quite read the flight of at least one crossfield ball. But that's it. You sort of really, these are minute things, aren't they, mm. that you're really picking on. But that's that's the level now. Minute things, but in this league, minute things end up in the back of your net, as we yeah. found out on Saturday. Well, yeah, they do. Yeah, so so for me, Bell, yeah, to give Bell a rest. He needs a rest as well. Yeah. He's played phenomenal amount of football. He's not non-stop all summer. Um, all over the world as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so. I think um, like if if we go what I said about earlier about containing them a bit to start with, you probably sacrifice somebody like Doughty because you, you're not going to need the crosses early on if you're trying to hold on a little bit. And then perhaps bring him on second half, last last half hour, last twenty to get at them. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's an angle we could look at, but. Who knows? It's, it's one for Rob, that one. <laughs> yeah, indeed, yeah. That's the defence sorted out. Yeah. Uh, any other changes that you foresee? We kind of... I mean, we're recording this podcast before Rob's press conference. His press conferences have moved to Fridays now, and we just literally cannot record on a Friday and get it out to you in enough time. So we're kind of second-guessing where Ross Barkley is. But if he's fit, as Rob alluded to last week, that he's back in training, is he straight into the starting eleven against his former club? Bench. Yeah, bench bench impact player come off and um regardless of whether Luton needs something, it'd have a massive, massive point to prove against his 
Boyhood Club. So I don't think, you know, we're all hoping that he's going to be a massive asset to Luton. Um, and he showed flashes of it, but not so far the whole package. And that's understandable. He hasn't had the preseason and he's had this little injury as well. But um, I don't think if we're talking about not taking, you, you might have take players out even though they've played well. I don't think he comes in just because he's fit. Maybe somewhere down the season, later in the season, if he starts really pulling up trees because he is that player, if Luke can get that player, then then sure. But um, it's a sentimental reason that you'd want to stick him in for, is it? and I don't yeah. think you can afford to do that. I, I don't think Edwards would be that naive to do it based on that either. Plus, he hasn't played an awful lot of football, and when, when you're coming back from injury, the last thing you want to do is chuck him straight in. Um, and against Everton, yes, it would be ideal for him on a personal level, but I think for the team... Also, I think the, the whole point of bringing in people like Lakonga and to play with Nakamba is to sort of look after the defensive side of the midfield as well, rather than rather than someone like Barkley who can unleash. You know, we, we've seen what he could do for for Everton in years gone by. Um, but I think you've got to look after the defensive side of things first, and let the rest of it look after itself afterwards. And I think that's why as well as him not being fit and not having played a lot of football, I think you've, you've got to look after that because. If you've you've got somebody as special as Barkley has been and can be, you know, if he's constantly getting injured all the time, he's useless to you. And I think if you start him, he could get injured in the first minute. Also, the, and early on, you know, it's it's through no fault of his own as well. But he got injured and he was out for Fulham mm. and he was out for Wolves. But the midfield has looked so much more effective in those two games than when he was in it. Yeah, and that that's the opposition. Luton had three tough games when he came into the side um, and there were two of them were away as well. So just getting used to the team, there's all these different factors, but yeah. the midfield has looked a lot more solid and more effective, both in um, defensive uh, action and going forward, the transition has been much better. So he's got to earn that place back for me. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think anybody automatically, not really, strictly speaking, not anybody in the side walks straight into it. There'll probably be clauses in some players' contracts where they have to, but well, I think for me, I, I, I don't like to... Because like, people always ask me, oh, who's Luton's best player? And I've, I've been happily saying the last few years we don't have one because we're a team. Mm. you know. And, I, and it's based on that that we've got to where we are. If we're going to the next level, we've got to have that sort of thing as well. And I think once Barkley gets into the swing of things and what we're about and when he gets himself fit, I think we'll start seeing a bit more of the Barkley we've we've seen in years gone by you know as we keep saying he'll, he'll, he will get there I just think that there's no point rushing it because you you don't do the player any good you certainly do, don't do the team any good and that's the most important thing so we're seeing Mads come in you seen anyone else come in Elijah anyone else on the fringes that you think they could be a good fit for this game hmm yeah no probably probably not in the attacking sense because um, Jacob Brown equipped himself really well against Wolves it's everything we wanted to see when he was having the cameos uh, substitute cameos and then he got his full debut um, did really well against Fulham really good, uh, well against Wolves if you're taking maybe games in chunks and I'm not saying that they do but Elijah had those first three games maybe Brown has these three games 
you're not not playing Chio after what he did at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Barring some freak accident. And Amaris had a really good game against um, Wolves. But, but for the width of a post, he would have had two goals in that game. So um, he played really, the link-up play was really good as well. So he doesn't come out. I mean, it, I know you're saying about there's players that don't walk into the side, but there are. There are Lockyer and yeah. Nakamba and there's Amaris. The, They're all three. Yeah, the spine of your side. Yeah, absolutely. Um well, we've spoken about Gio. I mean, you have to exploit mismatches in this league, right? Mm. And I, this is no criticism of anyone or disrespecting of anyone before I get a load of Everton abuse. But, <laughs> but <laughs> Ashley Young was booked after 40 seconds against Brentford from a not particularly quick left winger, right? The bloke's, what is he, well into his 30s if he's not older than that. Ashley Young, he's my, he's my age. So he, he's... You know, he's way... 21. Way past his... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with interest. Um, he's way past his best, right? This is a mismatch that in a game that could be tight, defined by small things like Premier League games are, this is a mismatch we have to exploit. Ogbeni against Young. It's an absolute mismatch for pace. Now, Young's clever, been around the block and everything else, but he cannot handle him for pace. We have to get the ball out to Chio, run at him. And if we can get him on a yellow card early doors like Brentford did, keep on going at him and exploit it. That's why we're, that's why we're we're not dropping off Benny for this game. Even if he didn't play as well as he did against Wolves, he's your man to go after Ashley Young at right back. Yeah, but that's if Dice doesn't recognise the fact that he's got pace and doesn't put Ashley Young there. I mean, I don't know what other options they've got. But yeah, well, Seamus Coleman's the other right back, isn't he? Yeah, he's I believe he's injured. injured. Yeah, he's still but- injured. But it almost doesn't matter who plays it, does it? Because he's the second, second fastest, fastest player yeah, in the Premier unless League. Unless they sign Kyle Walker on the slide. You know I mean? then, uh, <laughs> this, this is, this is the, the, the asset that Chio provides. It, it literally doesn't matter who you play against him because he doesn't have to be tricky against you. He just has to knock it past you and run. And simple football. It's so yeah. simple, but yeah. so brilliant to watch. And yeah, if it's, if it's young, more the better because, you know, he's from that mob down the road as well. And um, there's uh, a few of them in this side. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if it's Coleman, um, you, yeah, it won't be Coleman. Won't be Coleman. Um, he had a long term injury last season. If it's Coleman, it even better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah he'll, he'll, be on, he'll be on crutches. Bring him on in crutches. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's, it, that's the one thing I think everybody's excited about Benny and what he did and what he can do up, up there. He's also going to be needed for the counter-attacking aspect of what you would imagine. Luton will play in a different way. I hope they start off really positively, but you can't go all out the whole time. Well, I mean, if we get the lead as well, we're not going to keep going, are we? No, you've got to manage it. That's why you're going to see two different styles, I think. Yeah. Well, it's going to be one of these where I think you're going to have to change throughout the game. Yeah. But they've they've shown that they can do that. Um, But... If you need an outlet ball, that's the one, isn't it? Of course, yeah. Yep. Get Gio on the ball and, um, well, we think good things will come in this game. That's the Everton weakness. There might be others, you know, plenty of opinions in goal, whether that's a strength or a weakness. Obviously, Gareth Southgate would say it's a strength. His arm does not go three foot above his head, by uh, the way. If you've listened to the last <laughs> podcast, um, <laughs> you'll understand exactly what Dan means. Um, <laughs> so that's the weakness. Let's have a look at some potential strengths. Um, 
Beto Dan signed mm. in January. In January, signed in the summer, towards the end of the summer window. Made his debut at Doncaster. Looked pretty good that night. Yeah. Kind of fifteen million pound striker. If you don't look good at Doncaster, you kind of questioning what. But he seems yeah. to be. He seems to. When I've seen them, and, and I've spoken on previous podcasts about watching too many of these teams that are relegation threatened with more interest than what I normally would have. Mm. Whenever I've seen him, he seems to make good runs. Can finish. Seems to fancy himself a bit and. Um, very much one that we need to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you, you can make a case for, for Everton in that, yes, they're struggling and have been for quite some time. Don't underestimate it. And I think Beto is one of them players, you know, we don't really, admittedly, we don't really know much about him. Certainly not enough to make a, a, an educated opinion on him, but as, as a uneducated guess, I'd say, you know, yeah, yeah he's, he, he, he looks, it looks potentially like he could be the answer to their, their problems up front. And let's face it, they've had it because with Calvert-Lewin, he was getting goals, but he was getting injured quite a lot. And that's where that's where they've struggled because they haven't been able to get the goals from anywhere else. And uh, you sort of worry that if he hits the ground running on Saturday, <laughs> we could get heavily punished for it. But hopefully we won't. And I think we've got to... I think they'll look at him and just sort of... and. This is where you make the case for Anderson, I think, because his height and his strength as well. Um, I think you could, you could sort of nullify that that threat. Um, but yeah, he's, he's certainly one to look out for. I wouldn't he, be. He looks a massive pain in the arse. Yeah, big nuisance lump guy. I mean, he's got some quality as well, but so far he's putting himself about a bit mm. as well, doesn't he? So, and that's what you want to see off a striker as well. I, I love the old-fashioned centre forwards that knock defenders about and. You know, there's a bit of a tussle between the two, and you know, could pop up with an out goal, not against Luton. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, I'd be quite happy not to see that from a centre yeah. forward on uh, Saturday. Certainly not one wearing a blue shirt, that's for sure. But let's no. talk about the other centre forward that Dan's just alluded to, England striker Dominic Calvert Lewin. Played 25 minutes on Saturday, so we can't actually guarantee that he's fit for another few weeks. But um, <laughs> let's assume that he, let's assume that he is. I mean, we are talking about. The next man to Harry Kane when he was fit for the Euros, the last Euros, he was in the England squad. We are talking quality there. Yeah, he knows what the goal is, and he scored mm. that goal against Brentford. Um, decent finish. Uh, his, his strikers finished because it wasn't tidy, but he got it past the keeper. Um, undoubted quality in front of goal. Just they don't see him enough there. Uh, hopefully, we don't see him at all anywhere near the goal, but. He's an England international. You know, they've got all manner of goal scorers in England set up um, this time around. Um, and if he if he's fit, he probably gets picked all the time. Whether he plays or not is a different matter. But um, yeah, he's got undoubted quality. He's good in the air as well, um, and that's why I fear that. I don't fear. I almost expect there's the ball's going in the box a lot. But at the same time, with Lockyer and Anderson in there, I think, yeah, fine, chuck it in there. Go on. It works both ways because at the other end, they've got Tarkatsky. Um, so if we do what happened against Wolves and lump 20 in there, he might get a lot of them. So you might have to figure out a different way to try and break them down. But um, the aerial battle is going to be so key in this one. I mean, they had... 28 they won 28 aerial battles against Brentford tells you everything really doesn't it who aren't the biggest side though to be fair and Thomas Frank was quite 
frank about how poor they were um, aerially. So you do have to have some mitigation about it, but it's still a an eye-catching number in the 28, um, 28 aerial battles. I mean, that's one every three minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a lot. I, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's one of those rare breeds, isn't he, that he played for Barnsley and hasn't been signed by Luton Town. Um, quite, <laughs> quite how that happened, I'm not overly sure, but... Um, yeah, hopefully we don't see too much of him on Saturday. You kind of mentioned Tarkowski, and you could you could say that he's a threat at the other end of the pitch because pretty much every set piece goes in his vicinity. But I think the bigger danger could be Decore because they mm. are very powerful he's in midfield. Well. They have got some serious power in the centre of the park. Not just Decore, uh, Idrissa Gay, who will be the sitter, Anana, who should actually be in goal for Man United with that name because he's probably better in goal than the bloke Man United <laughs> got in there. <laughs> But he's also very good. Belgium international, uh, who was touted by some big clubs actually uh, in the summer, but never moved. Don't know why that didn't materialise. But Decore, obviously well known in these parts from his time down the road, scored the first goal on Saturday. He's one of those box-to-box midfielders who can also be a pain in the ass, but he's physical, like you say. The midfield, Luton's midfield, has looked so much more solid and effective, harder to um, run through the middle. Which, how, which is how it should be anyway, because if if Luton can force people down the wings, then like I say, you expect Mads and Lockyer, if they're playing, to win most of those aerial battles. Um, what what other options have got really in there in the midfield? Because if you, it, it's not he's not in the same position, obviously. But just say, for instance, Chong came in, he's not the man for a physical battle, is he? No. Um, Your only option, other option, Pelly, isn't it? There's a case for Pelly. Do you know what? It's a great shout for Pelly because he there had is a, a really good performance when he came on um, against Wolves. And uh, he's used to that and he's used to the physical. He's done it everywhere, every league going. That is a huge shout and I hadn't. It's mad, isn't it? Because we love him. Mm. I really thought about him um, so much. That's a great shout. I'm, yeah. so, I'm sold, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I really am. Yeah. Yeah. Pelly. Let's. Uh, Get it written up and present it to Rob in the morning. <laughs> when you go down and see him in the press conference on Friday, just play uh, play this clip, and uh, I'm sure he'll uh, he'll answer it kindly. Um, Pick me. Anyone else that we want to flag up for Everton? Uh, you mentioned about Tarkowski. Um, it can be a threat for, in the attacking sense. I think he had the ball in the net on Saturday, didn't he? Scored their second yeah. goal on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, and we we know that he's he's going to be an aerial threat. Uh, Pickford, whether you like it or not, is a, a key player for them as well. He's, he's, he tends to stop a lot more than he, he lets in because, let's face it, he gets a lot of practice. The best of respects to Everton there, he does get a lot of a lot of practice. And that's where we can sort of look to have a go at them as well. Um, Dwight McNeil at the, on, out wide, he can hurt you if you let him. You know, they, they have got some good players. It just hasn't really happened for them. Um, they've got um, they've got to get used to a style that they're not accustomed to. They've got Dan Juma as well, hasn't he? Yeah, Dan Juma can be same time, similar time as Beto. Who, um, both of them had good debuts, but it may leave as a league cut on it. But played against us for Bournemouth, Bournemouth I think. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so he's a uh, he's uh, he, he might come off the bench for that one, judging by what happens. Yeah, I think he was coming mm-hmm. off the bench on Saturday, and then Tarkovsky scored, and so he was off. I'm going to sit down again now then and 
That's what he did. Yeah, they're the, they're the threats for uh, Everton. Um, quick word on this fixture as a whole. Obviously, those of you out there of a certain generation will know all about 1985 in this fixture. My old man certainly does and repeatedly bombards me with uh, Kevin Sheedy diving for um, the free kick in that FA Cup semi-final that cost us at Villa Park. Um Obviously, would have beat Man United in the final, so um, you know I can understand why he's frustrated. And Sheedy's involved at Everton still at the moment, isn't he? He is. Yeah. yeah. Um, first visit since the Carabao Cup defeat uh, that I remember all too well. Um, for Carling, Carling Cup back then, it was no, two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we move with the times. And, um, <laughs> it's not a fixture that's played very often, but it's one that Everton had the up hand in, but. It should be said that a lot of the times that this fixture was played, they were the top, top dogs in uh, English football, not more of an even footing like it is now. Yeah, certainly mid-80s, weren't they? They were up there with um, Liverpool swapping titles between them, weren't they? So mm. um, they, were, they were top, top side. Um, but these are the things that, these are the small things you've got to try and play on, I think, aren't they? Because they are struggling, like you say. They have struggled. Maybe they think they're going to be down there again. Maybe they're not. Maybe there's maybe there's some deluded <laughs> fans. I don't, I don't oh, think. I'm sure there is. <laughs> I mean, there always is. There <laughs> what I've experienced of this league in the first five weeks, there, I'm sure yeah. there's some deluded fans. There, there always is, but I think mainly they're quite um, sensible about what, where they are and what they are at I the do, moment. I, I do have a bit of a theory on the current regime. Obviously, this hasn't gone out. This has gone out before the takeover has been properly completed, but under under the present regime, I actually think they want to get relegated because they're showing all the signs of wanting to do it. You know, and I, I don't want to sound harsh. You know, bombard me in the comments, Everton fans, but that's just how it looks for me. You know, they they just don't look like a side that wants to stay in the Premier League and be quite happy to take the parachute payment for a year and try and rebuild and start again. And do you know what? It'd be a shame because they're the, the longest running in the tops in the top league. Um, they've spent the most seasons of any club in English football in the top league it's not a bad it, it, it would be a shame in that sense but it's not a bad idea to go down and reset because sometimes you can sort of re- reset yourself and then come back stronger oh, I don't know man. I, think, but, I think that is that's tricky that is, that is it is it is tricky it's not as simple like hello Southampton hello Southampton it's, it's not yeah. that easy Norwich Southampton Norwich Forest dropped to League One didn't they Leicester did years ago yeah, yeah. Leeds for a long time struggled to get back into the championship so it, it is risky but if you do it right and I think with a new ownership as long as they know what they're doing you won't have too much to worry about and you should be able to get back up but I just think they want to get relegated because they've been so bloody awful <laughs> just to confirm Everton fans that's Dan you're coming yes. out in the comments not us two no. exactly. that's very much Dan <laughs> and I quite like Everton we, uh, we're, we're having Are nothing sure? to do no I do I do I do have I, I do have a tendency I do have a tendency to be brutally honest we're a C fit so <laughs> yep, no, you know. me and James we're having nothing to do with that one. <laughs> I, I copped Thanks, it lads. I copped it in the neck against Wolves and I never even said anything bad about them um I love wolves. Let's finish this podcast then, gents, in the way that we always do. Neck on the blocks time. Uh, correct score predictions. Just put mine on. As it's your first preview podcast in a while, Dan, yeah. uh, you get the honour of going first. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> ignoring everything I've just said. <laughs> I don't think there'll be a lot in it in terms of goal difference, if at all. Um we're either going to see a lot of goals or very few and I expect it to be fairly tight 
given that you know we're slowly improving. Everton got a good result last week, which they thoroughly deserved and good money for it. But I've got a feeling we can sneak one. Strong feeling we can sneak a win there. I'm going. I'm going to, I'm going to say two one Luton because I'm feeling confident. Two one Luton for. Um... Dan. You writing that down? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> stitching me up. It's, it's on camera. I don't need to. I don't need to write it down. It's on camera. It will be played on every social media outlet. Going yeah, uh, if I can't you're completely the, wrong. Can't wait for the review next week. Um, James, uh, how does this one end? Um, I'd, yeah, I don't think there's going to be uh, many goals in there. I think they, it might set the record for the most amount of uh, shots. Wildly off target from both <laughs> sides. <laughs> but I think one will go in for each one and it'll be a draw, one all. Fair enough. Shot. So 2 1 win for Dan, 1 1 for James. What are you saying? Yeah, uh, and I, well, ev- pretty much every Luton Town win away from home last season was 1 0. Yeah. Everton have played three games at Goodison Park this season, and guess what the scores have been? Yes, you've guessed it. 1 0 to the opposition on all three occasions. I'm a trends, I'm a trends follower. 1-0 to Luton You're a sheep our third, Absolutely Our first uh, We were meant to get the clean sheet against Wolves weren't we Neto didn't read the script None of these Everton mm. players can read scripts So we'll be absolutely fine on this one <laughs> And we will win this one Just uh, for what, Everton one, fans That's his opinion <laughs> I'll give you a goal We will win this one 1-0 In true Luton Town style uh, As we always did under Rob Edwards Last season that's it for this episode of the podcast thanks very much for watching or listening however it is that you've consumed this podcast thanks very much to the Hightown Club who have put us up again um, for this episode thanks to Liam Smith Photography who's uh, helped us out with some of the images that you've seen if you've watched this podcast thanks to Sean Grant and the Wolfgang for our intro music which we're all loving and to Ed Smith Creative for all of the imagery that you can see on this set. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do. We're going to keep on bringing you plenty of podcasts throughout the course of the season and we're hoping to get yet more exclusive content for you on our channel. And if you subscribe, you'll be able to see exactly when that drops so that you don't miss out on any of the great podcasts and some of the not-so-good ones as well. Um <laughs> But until then, as I say, please do subscribe. Please like. Give us all of your comments. If you've got a score prediction yourself that you want to give us, pop it in the comments. And if you've got a correct one, we'll give you a shout out when we do the Everton Review podcast after the game. But until then, if you're going to Goodison Park, be loud, be proud. And, uh, well, come on, you hatters. Got this massive soul. We're looking people.